One set. Camera rolling. Sound. The good. The bad. And the just plain standard. Take one. Salut. Hey. All right. Well, how'd you do, eh? Welcome to Scottish Month and that. The first month of the year is January, which is also very good for Scots people because it's the birth and celebration of Rabbi Burns, our famous poet. So we figured that why not give in to the Scottish influences and cover many a Scottish film from the outright ridiculous to the very highly accurate and bit gritty. So we'll see how this month goes. So I, if you can't tell, it's me, Adam, doing a very... <laughs> Very stereotypical Fife Scottish accent there. But uh, yeah, welcome to Scottish Month. Hello guys, welcome back. It's the first episode of the year. Yeah, hello. So, Hi. How you guys uh, been? Uh, very busy. Yeah, yeah, but also chilling out, because we know that this this year is going to be quite crazy. That's, I think that's what I meant by busy. Like busy, yeah. <laughs> busy doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Jan? How was your holidays? Well, it was cool. I had the occasion to... Uh, slash the rumors that say that uh, Scotland is rainy. So I was every time I was asked, uh, "Oh, so you're in Scotland there? So how's the rain there?" No, no, the problem's not the rain. That's the cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite accurate. Yeah. It's it's it, it doesn't snow here. It just ices over. Yeah, it's very frosty today. <laughs> yeah. Today is the eighth of January. Book, like bookmark this episode. Like the um, the grass is white. That that's and not in not not because it's snowing because it's icy. It like crunches. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what's the episode? Uh, what, 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 well, what's why it about today? Why don't we start off with when people think of a Scottish movie, they usually go for this one. Mm-hmm. They either go for this one or one we will cover later in the month, which is Trainspotting. So today we'll cover Braveheart, starring Mel Gibson, Sophie Masso, Catherine McCormack, Patrick McGowan, Brendan Gleeson. Angus McFadden, James Cosmo, James Robinson, and Brian Cox. Is it McGowan? Is McGowan. It, is it the same bloke that was Doctor Who? Oh, it's Patrick McGowan. I didn't know that's how you spelt it. Yeah, it's, uh, there's lots of mix and math. We'll get used to it by the end of the month. McGowan. Brian Cox, is that her? Uncle Argyle? Who's, it is indeed. Who's that? It is a, indeed. Uncle Argyle. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm your uncle. Sorry. I'll be taking you away now. <laughs> All right, so I feel it should be me that does the plot of Braveheart. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so Braveheart is the story of how a little Australian, no, a little Glaswegian grew up to be a, a, a life-saving Australian doing a Scottish accent. No, it, it's, a, it's a version of the Scottish War for Independence, which Scotland finally got in 1314 at the Battle of Bannockburn. Uh, to say anything more, it's actually a telling of history. Is a bit not really accurate. I mean, it's it's uh it's an adaptation of the famous uh, retelling of uh, William Wallace from the the romantic poet Blind Harry, who wrote a massive, massive book about the deed, all the things he apparently did, and this is what this story is about. Cool, cool. Mm. I would read. I kind did. Of. I did try and read. The opening of uh, the title of it is actually um, I'll find it for you. I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I'll attempt to read it. The arcs and deeds of the illustrious and valiant companion Sir William Wallace is the title of the book, which in English is the acts and deeds of the illustrious and valiant champion Sir William Wallace. Hmm. Sounds better in Scots, doesn't it? <laughs> Shall I have a go at reading it? 
the opening to it. It's very difficult, and I will probably butcher it because I don't. Just do like three lines. I'll do a couple of lines. Well, I'll do lines I could actually do. Our ancestry that we should have read, all how the mind of the nobler were we did. We lay outside though verse our selflessness and cast us till all beneath. That's all wrong, by the way. But it's it's really difficult to read. It's for example, do you want to hazard a guess how William is spelled in Scots? Go on, Jan. Uh, with uh, with an with an E, William? No, no. Miles off. W i l y h a m. William. Okay. Wallace spelled W a double l a s. Wallace. Mm. Wallace. We'll cover Scots more in the Sunset Song episode because uh, that the book it's based on is all written in Scots. Oh, I could. I've tried so hard to re- start reading that, but it's it's really tough. So mm. Braveheart, guys. Yeah. Had you guys seen this before this episode? I okay. So I went to see. I don't remember seeing it in theaters when I was younger, but I went to see it. Because Cineworld is doing some um, classics from time to time. So they had it like three months ago. So I went to see it there. And it was weird because I have the feeling that um, the some of the, you know, the famous uh, red uh, English uniforms? Yes. Uh, I don't know what their print was they used to show the, the, the movie in, in, in this, but it felt, it, it, it looked like the colors, every time we had English uh, soldiers in there, the, the colors were leaking. Oh, really? It's like retained, like kind of really weird. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But the first time I saw it, uh, must have been on TV, I think, not so long after it was released. And uh, then on DVD, and I've kept uh, watching it for a long time. So, what's your initial? What was your initial reaction then to this? Did you enjoy it? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Nick, what about you? I did enjoy it. Yeah, I actually thought that I wouldn't, and I only watched it um, recently, so it's fresh in my head. And I, I did enjoy it. There were moments where I was like, "Oh, for God's sake, come <laughs> on! That's ridiculous. That's so romanticized." But as a, as a film, yeah. I feel that because it's based off a romanticized poem, right? Because it's based off a romanticized poem, right? I believe that um, the romanticism as I get older is more, I, I, I accept it. I do remember seeing this as like a teenager going, this is ridiculous. And <laughs> I think I've seen the first hour of Braveheart like six times. Because I only, I don't remember any of the battle scenes, but I do remember those being the best bits when I was a kid. But every time it was on, I'm like, oh, watch Braveheart. Because of TV adverts, it would take you like three hours before you would get anywhere. So you were like, you know what, forget it, I'm just going to turn off. But as an epic, it's a nice piece of work, actually, I think. I mean, the, 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 what is it, two hours, 15 minutes? It's near the three hour mark. At the end, if you include the credits, it's two hours, 57. So, that I mean, that flew by for me, personally. I found it very easy to watch, like the whole way mm. through. But as a kid, I can understand yeah, when you're watching it like on Channel 4 and you get adverts every half an hour, you're like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the French bits were in French, so it was nice. Girl. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got subtitles, but I'm sure you didn't need those. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, yeah, that's what the point I was coming to also. is The thing is, is, this is one of those I have seen many, many times and dubbed in French. So. How strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. I only came in late to the uh, original version uh, game. Better, do you think? Um, well, the thing is, <laughs> you you don't get 
the uh, there's another movie where it's even more obvious the brave but here um i don't exactly remember but i don't think you get the well the, there's the the scottish accent in the english language you can't you can't transpose that in french obviously oh i get you yeah I know uh, what you mean. not even yeah. with a dialect in france no it I, would wouldn't work i haven't watched this one in french in a long time so i don't recall but i tried brave uh, in french mm. and it's clearly they didn't even take a, a regional uh, kind of thingy that we have it's just completely um well they just it's english really well french but without accent mm. i don't know that's interesting with scotland i think it's when you think about it when something is so like important because, um, I mean, there's a whole thing about, there's even a south and north divide with Scotland, obviously in the film with the, the clans being the northerners and the, the, nobles of, the nobles of Edinburgh being the southerners. There's even a divide there with the way they speak. Um, even that's, now. That's, <laughs> even now. There's got to be a, a divide for international audiences. And that's the big thing to remember here. This is a Mel Gibson picture. This is not a, directed by a Scottish guy for a Scottish audience. This is made for... America, really? Yeah, it was made in, uh, and it, it was released in 1995 in America only. I don't know when it was released in England, but it was Seattle and USA. So that just goes to show how, and that's probably why Mel Gibson could be William Wallace because Americans aren't going to know the difference between <laughs> Australian and Scottish accent. Mm. The European pre uh, premiere was on the September 3rd, 1995 in Stirling, ah. which is very appropriate. That's quite a cool fact, if that's true. That's quite nice. I have no idea where they would premiere that, though. It would have to be, like, a fake... I don't know Sterling that well, but there isn't, like, a big cinema. Like, there's audience and stuff, sure, but I don't know if they were around in 1995. Um, I have no idea. But, yeah, bloody hell. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you if you wanted, you would obviously premiere it in Britain, but that doesn't make any sense commercially. You would absolutely show it in America first because it's made with the American taxpayer... Not taxpayers, the American money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, does that affect the overall quality of the film? A little, I guess. It I doesn't feel Scottish, I'll tell you that much right away. I mean, I even got that and I've only been here for a couple of years. So saying that is, is of course it's not. And also his, Scot- his accent is really bad. <laughs> like it's, t- it's, it's as bad as mine. Well, it's clearly better than Christopher Lambert's. Uh, yeah. And it's consistent, yeah. actually. <laughs> well, pretty much. Yeah, kind of. I think it's pretty consistent. Consistently bad, at least. <laughs> it's like um, it's. I have to say, Scott, the Scottish accent is one of the hardest accents in the world to do authentically. Especially if you're not from Britain, oh, as yeah. well. Like, I'd probably find it easier than well, Jan, to master a Scottish accent. But well, if you don't have the any base like RP or anything to work above this base mm. yeah obviously it's way harder yeah because you'll have like uh, scots with your uh local layer and will it may sound very weird yeah, yeah the dialects and yeah because even i even i struggle to stand understand some dialects of scotland you know because it's so so different and it's so diverse i guess that's why it's so nice when an actor can just completely become another for, like for, have another accent like John Boyega in oh, Star, Star Wars. Wars we'll talk about yeah like, yeah that's true you know just it's it's a skill that not everyone has 
That's well, interesting in Braveheart because there's only a, there's there's many a Scottish extra for sure, but main cast there's only a, a handful because mm. a lot are Irish. Yes, a lot of Irish, which is so funny. And and also some of them are very happy to keep their Irish accents, <laughs> even though they're supposed to be Scottish. Hmm. Um, but um, but but acting was very good, I think. Maybe that's why. It's well, it's, it's well directed. I'd it is well directed. It's well directed. directed. Yeah. For 1995. That was the other thing I was thinking about. Like, this is good, but is it? it's not. It's like you watch it now and you go, there's been more innovative directing for stuff like this. But then again, you can't judge old films on the merits of new discovery mm. it's oh, like it's like judging scientific discoveries with prior knowledge you know it's like any historical event with subsequent hindsight is irrelevant because you have to put yourself where you are then of course mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> are there yeah so what, what did you say when was the when was the first time you were introduced to to that me you said i was about i was a teenager probably about 13 14 i'd imagine I've heard a lot about it, but I just never sat down and watched it. Okay. Um, until recently. It is one of those films that people will just quote one bit from it. Mm. Which but, is Freedom Yeah. Which is really bad, actually. That that was really bad. I um yeah, you know, looking for guests for this month. I <laughs> Every time I asked, okay, we're having those movies, and uh, either you get one of those or one that is particularly uh, significant to you and everything, uh, it, mostly Scottish people ask, right? And most of the time, they just said they never saw either Islander or um, Braveheart. Here's the thing, right? It's not... To everyone else in the world, Braveheart is a movie about Scotland. But to people in Scotland... It's just another movie. Yeah, they're more likely to talk about something like train spotting. And every aren't they? every kid learns about William Wallace in primary school, which is like elementary school in America. I remember do I remember in primary five, which would probably be about how old would I be in primary five? Six, seven? You do a, we did a trip to Stirling where it was just about that was all it was. You were you were learning about so I've been to Bannockburn, I've been to Stirling Castle, all these sort of things. Um We'll get into the whole Bannockburn bit later when we're talking about the actual historical accuracies of this film. But yeah, every kid knows the story already, you know? So there's not like, I already know this. But to everyone else in the world, I guess, that's like, oh, there's like this this rogue sort of thing going about, you know? Yeah, and it's just, it's also that romantic thought of like, you know, the people who love their country and are proud will win no matter what i guess the, yeah the patreon aspect applies to america really oh yeah think about it like the whole just well you can't really spoil it but the whole end of the the whole end of the movie is like they'll give you mercy if you just say i submit to you and it's like no i'm doing this for my country like i get i can see that resonating home with an american audience like yeah this is our country we, we stand for what we believe in yeah um i have absolutely no notes for this one, and you're leading, so you can go wherever you please, All right. whenever you want. All right, okay. It's because the audience might notice there's a slight dynamic change here. I'm in charge this month because it's because I'm the Scottish one, <laughs> so I'm driving the boat. So now that I realise that, I can definitely put it forward. Right. So based on this film, would you visit Scotland or would you want to go north from the scenery you see in this film? Oh yeah. Well, when when I had the occasion two years ago to come to Scotland, ever the, the two things that popped into my mind were again Braveheart and Highlander. <laughs> so yeah, these are the two the the two things that were and are uh, Scotland. 
All right. Well, yeah. that, with that in mind, then with Braveheart, did did your has your imagination been anything close? Having lived here for like two years now. <laughs> well, I've I've been living in the city, so I haven't been to the Loch or up north. So actually, I don't know. Don't know I prob- yet. I probably should uh, go to Loch Shiel and uh, Glenfinnan and go see those. Uh, kind of mcleod places and uh stuff but no, i haven't w- yeah it's well worth visiting like i've been i've not been the highlands but i've been i've been in locks and i've been north and it's it is very picturesque because the movie is where it's well shot and it does it's a lot of it's a god given credit there's a lot of outdoor stuff in this film man it's all outdoors mm-hmm. as we could um go and do a Cullian castle um road trip at some point oh, that's yeah. where uh paul filmed uh, to the sea, and uh, it's supposed to be haunted, not by Paul always, but when they when he's there, yes, but uh, yeah, haunted by something, someone. All right, so here's okay. Since we've mentioned castles, let's like just break the elephant here right now. So there's a whole section of this film where they're meant to be in Edinburgh, and you see like this pathetic-looking castle. I hope to God that that's not meant to be Edinburgh Castle. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I don't really know how much set they actually had for that because it it it's it just looked like a wall. Yeah, it was like it was like the t- a parapet of yeah. you know. It's the same with London as well. Like when they were meant to be in London, and you looked outside, you're like, what? Well, they, yeah, they they had more money for sound stages than uh, actual sets. Like uh, if you if you've ever watched um, Jumper, no, the, I've never seen this. Uh, yeah, these jumping through space, right? And uh, at some point, he's at the Rome Rome's Coliseum, and you clearly see that it's a set because the, the size is just the stuff happens where it shouldn't be able to be happening. <laughs> so. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, indeed. If you go to Edinburgh today, you can see the castle, which is the same as it was, or maybe it was probably like renovated or whatever. But it's pretty much the same. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember seeing that in 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 Braveheart for sure. I mean, a lot of things in this film are like, oh, God's sake. So we'll do location right now. Um, the battles, right? <laughs> Adam, you go you go on about this quite a lot. Right. So the major thing here is that a lot of these battles that are in the film do happen. The main one we see in the film, I am pretty sure, is meant to be the Battle of Stirling Bridge. However, there is no bridge, and they're in a field. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Actually, if you look up Stirling Bridge on Wikipedia, it comes up with the bridge. Like, it's not even, oh, it, like, the can... location. It's, like, the bridge that they pinpoint. I'm so not joking. It's so funny it. how they just completely lost that bit. They were just like, we'll just use this field. It's fine. It's a road bridge. You can drive on it. <laughs> You yeah. have to drive on it. You have to drive over it if yeah. you want to go over that bridge. You have to. You can. It's a, it's a it's a normal bridge, right? America's far away. They, they don't like, know these. It things. honestly is like, hey, we're uh, we're doing the Battle of Sterling Bridge. How many people are going to know where Sterling is? Not many. Right. We'll just do it in a field. <laughs> just <laughs> that's in, in just a, what Scotland is, isn't it? Just fields and green. I love the fact that I just when I read the figure the, on the information that they premiered it in uh, Sterling. I love the fact that it'll come up. And it says it says Sterling. I hope that I hope everyone that saw that in Sterling just stood up and goes, "Where the fuck's that?" <laughs> like I've uh, Sterling, right? There are fields for farming uh, further out, I guess, but there's no like great open field. And I've been to Bannockburn. There's a whole. Uh, okay, I'll leave. We'll leave Bannockburn to the very end. <laughs> we'll leave that to the very end. 
But yeah, I mean, don't if you love this movie, you won't. If you come at Edinburgh or Stirling, don't expect to do any Braveheart tours. You will be able to do like stuff like that, especially if you go to Stirling. There's the Wallace Monument, and they do, they do historical tours. But you won't see anything that's from the film because just a spoiler alert here: it's not accurate. <laughs> no, not 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 in that sense. No. But yeah. I, I mean, I get, I get, I obviously know why it's not Edinburgh Castle because if you wanted to film in Edinburgh Castle, it would be an absolute fortune. And this is 1995 as well. Oh, and I'm sure like licensing agreements and stuff would just take months and months and months for that. So, well, it's a major tourist attraction, so you'd have to like close it for the day. The, yeah, the, longer. The closest I've seen to filming in Edinburgh Castle is the beginning of Filth, which we will get to later in the month. That's ah. not that's at Edinburgh Castle, but ah. they don't go in it, so ah. there's that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you can clearly see it's modern day Edinburgh. Oh because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then the the whole beginning sequence and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so location wise, for the battles and stuff like that, not great. However, Highland stuff, totally fine. Beautiful. I believe that. Yeah, totally beautiful. believe that. It's very beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, should we talk about Mel Gibson's appearance? Yeah, yes, yes. That's that's something that me and Adams talked about um, when seen... we were watching it. Because um, I mean, I didn't even notice this because you watch films all the time and you don't think about what they'd actually look like. You immediately think, "Oh, that that's what they look like." Fine, but then Adam was like, "He's too good looking. He it's... wouldn't look like that." <laughs> I'm not being funny, right? Wogan Wallace would have looked hideous. He would have. Hundreds of battle scars. If if yeah. if the version of Bra- if um, William Wallace is portrayed in Braveheart, he would have scars all over his body. He would probably only have about three fingers because he'd have them lopped off at some point, and he would have the bushiest beard in history that hadn't been um, cut or well, only well, only people that would have like access to what running not even running water like a a pump right like a a well. And then somebody to like hold a mirror would be able to shave. Yeah, no. you know. Yeah, I've I've seen reconstructions. Like they took like all the paintings, all the sculptures, and they did uh, a digital facial trying to see how he really looked like. And yeah, he didn't turn out like Mel Gibson. No, no, with the f- piercing blue eyes. <laughs> I feel like it was a decision early on that for this film to be made mel gibson had to be playing it was well, hollywood you know it's it's, it's a romanticized it's produced by icon so that's his company so maybe he's uh, the whole uh, force behind the project mm. very certainly so you know but maybe that's probably why he's you know the lead and he does a very good job i mean the acting is pretty very good very good i believe i totally believe him yeah. i don't believe how he looks but <laughs> no. i believe him I didn't believe how little they wore. That's probably true. I feel that the costumes are pretty accurate. From what I remember doing in history class, they're pretty close. Because that's the thing. You might not be able to get locations and you might not be able to get like places where battles actually happen because they're usually preserved space now. Mm. But you will be able to get the clothing because it's historical. It'll be kept. that you can, you can see references and paintings of it. So costume-wise, yeah, it's pretty, pretty accurate. Must have been absolutely freezing. <laughs> Oh, running around with kilts, yeah. In the in the Highlands? Are you kidding? <laughs> well, oh my I've gosh. there's a scene in this film where they like moon the enemies. I've done this to a boss <laughs> while drunk once, mm. and uh, yeah, it's pretty cold. It, yeah, I can imagine mooning the enemy. <laughs> mooning the enemy. That's so funny. Probably the first time that the English had been mooned like that on a battlefield. It's just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like the Romans before them would have been like, "What the hell is this?" 
<laughs> That's why they built the wall. Yes. Hadrian's wall. Yeah, to keep us out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. <laughs> I'm digging your daughter out for a ride. It's a perfect day for it. That's Irish. It's very. He's very. He's very Irish in this. But that, I reckon that's because he's surrounded by Irish actors a lot of the time. Right. Right. So there's a bit of there's a bit of leniency. But then again, I also feel that that's how Americans think Scottish people sound. Yeah, because th- they'll ask you, "Where are you from?" Is that and brave hard? Is that in brave? Did you fight for the land or the free? It's like no, I'm. I wasn't born in 1297. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a thousand years old. I couldn't I'm believe how 800 far, years old. Sorry, how um, f- uh, long ago it was. It was like 1297. That's crazy long. So to give you context, that's before the Italian Renaissance. What? Well, yeah. Which is about the 1500s. Wow. So we're talking. 200 years before that that's how that that's how crazy that is how long ago it is yeah and of course there was the love interest which was completely silly <sighs> Maron. yeah Mi- she, she, she was also one of my um <laughs> uh teenage years crush the Catherine uh, mccormack, Catherine McCormack? Yeah. she kind of reminds she looked like what um diane grew up to be from a uh, train spot like she looks like the, that actress now Mm-hmm. Which really scarred me. Like, oh, it's her. I'm like, it can't be because sh- the next year, Adam, she filmed Train Spot in one where she plays like a 13 year old. It's not her. <laughs> it's not Kelly McDonald. No, it's not. Mm. Yeah, she did. She was brave. Kelly oh, is McDonald. she? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Merida. Yeah, she was. Oh, really? Mm. I have not seen this film yet. And I'll be honest, I'm not looking forward to it. I love Brave. Brave is amazing. I think it's a lot. Here's the thing about doing scottish scottish films especially they're either hit or miss with scottish people because they're either for scottish people or they're a portrayal of what other people think scottish people are right which is what happened here this is a portrayal of what people think scotland is yeah Mm -hmm. i understand that but i feel like we well we're not talking about brave so maybe let's just leave that Mm. uh but i disagree (laughs) fair enough (laughs) (laughs) um uh, just because I feel like Brave, I, I don't think insults Scottish people. Not well, that Braveheart does, but do you know what I mean? It's like I don't, I don't think it is different to how maybe Gentry were. I mean, uh, this film really nails why the English are unlikable. <sighs> yes, like in this film, Lon Shank is like the worst human being alive. Like just instead of instead of you know invading a country. He just enacts a law that makes every re- to entice the right sort of people to fall in line with him, which essentially is on the wedding day of every commoner, the magistrate or the lord got to sleep with the no the lord not the magistrate, the lord got to sleep with ev- sleep with every wife. Yeah, prima nocte. Well, if you if uh, it, it, it's deeper than that as well because it's basically um, connects to his line after that saying we'll just outbreed them. The problem with Scotland. Is it full of Scots? Like, fuck. So if they want to breed, we'll just outbreed them. So we'll put that law ahead to basically make the wives of every commoner 
um pregnant and then she'll have english yeah children yeah english says scottish but then of course those children will then blah 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 and then as soon you'll just out scott the scots <laughs> out yeah. scott the scots <laughs> that's a very good but there is it's also very very present and clear in the series outlander the love for the english oh yes oh, yeah. that's yeah yeah which i haven't seen I mean, um, as in, you think the production companies behind it like the like England better than Scotland? Do you think is that what you meant? No, no, he, no, 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 no. He just means that the English are hated. Like, is that? Oh, this. Uh, yeah, I mean the and the main. Well, one of the main antagonists is really like, I, if you don't believe in evil, well, this guy is really, really, really troubled. Uh, yeah, yeah. The oh, yeah the the guy played by um I think it's. Menzies, I don't remember, but is playing in Game of Thrones the um, the guy who is struggling to with the arrow. Oh yeah, yeah, on the to to get the flame to the to the coffin, right? I think it's Sam Menzies or something. Uh, it's extremely good casting. Oh, um, by the way, my dad met um, the Blackfish the other week. Blackfish. Yeah, from Game of Thrones. The actor. Ah. <laughs> he was in a pub where my dad was. I was like, yeah, someone came on to me. He's like, you know that Game of Thrones program? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what's his name? Is the Tully someone? I'm like, yeah, I know the Tullys. He's like, Blackfish or something like that. I'm like, the Blackfish? Yeah, he's like, he was in the pub the other day. I'm like, what? It's <laughs> like, yeah, he's a really famous Scottish actor. I'm like, oh, yeah, so he is. Mm, Tobias. Tobias Menzies is the name of the, the guy. And the character is just, well... That's a good villain. That's is a he? Very uh, good. Uh, if you think about RP? Edmure Tully, Edmure Tully in oh, Game yeah. of Thrones, yeah, yeah. And and uh, is he RP English, like posh English? Oh, uh, in Highlander, in Outlander, Outlander. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember. He's and he's playing two characters because I don't know if you haven't watched at all, right? No. So it's kind of a time travel kind of thingy. So he's playing two characters. So that's the sweet and nice uh, Frank Randall, uh, modern time, well, uh, 42. And there's the evil Jonathan uh, Black Jack Randall. And that's, that's very, very nice, very nice work and writing. Like, the, it's just crazy. That's very good. I mean, if you look in history with English, for English at this time period, I mean, it's not surprising why. Because they, <laughs> in Britain alone, right, they've invaded Wales, they've invaded Scotland, and they've invaded England, Ireland literally they it's, it's it's ridiculous they have everything but i mean this is the thing you, you hide behind power but you what was nice what was nice about this film is is you realize how people get power through awful awful things you know mm. and i thought that was quite um relative uh rel relevant not relative relevant because america and britain are paying for it now now that we have social media yeah so um yeah actually if you think about it England's invaded a lot of places over history. <laughs> it's it's stuck its oar into a lot of countries. He yeah, used to own the world, and uh, it's never been it's never been invaded by anyone, has it? I don't think so. Well, I mean, the Normans. We had the Norman conquest that killed Anglo-Saxons. Well, I'm guessing that's why we. Sorry, have some that's why the that's why you have Anglo-Saxons because the Saxons invaded. Okay, and Saxons are German. Yeah, this is and obviously the Normans invaded as well, which is why we have French and German words or connected to the French and German words. We still have fiance, which is probably from the Normans. The more Thank you, you for that. Know. <laughs> 
That was Education Corner. <laughs> You're not going to get any support for the English and Scottish one. No, right? no. It's going to be really, really awkward for me. Oh, dear. No, um... No, I, I, I even hated the English after that film. I was like, bloody hell, I want to be Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we reach uh, Outlander, because we're trying to do that um, in August, depending on the option, it will be either tremendously extraordinary or just great or just really cool but we will be doing uh three episodes for the three seasons at some point this year all right yeah mm, um, does anyone have any standout moments for this because i feel like jan's struggling for this episode i don't know how you feel about braveheart Jan. well it's n- not easy to put it into words but i know that i have a new category for the rating for this uh-oh yeah. Ah, interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that'll lead into another conversation because uh, this film won five Academy Awards, Jan. I know. Yeah, it did pretty fucking well. Two of which are Best Picture and I want to say Best Director. I, I want to say Best Director too. I don't know if it got Best. It might have got Best Actor as well, but def- I think it got Best Direction. Well, you know, you never know because uh, some people would say that the disaster artist just didn't understand what it was and James Franco just got a Golden Globe for, for his role as Tommy Wiseau. So. Yes, he did. He so deserved that though. He was very good. It was Director. Best Director? Yeah. Well, budget was 70 million and guess what box office was? God. Uh... 150 million. 210.4. 210.4 million. Yeah. That has to do with the inflation. That's like five times that. I don't know. No, maybe not that much, but it's it's different for sure. So Mel Gibson got a bit of money for that. Just a bit. (laughs) Just a bit of money for that. So as much shit he gets for that accent. That's very true. It didn't matter because it wasn't them voting for it, was it? I'm sitting on a pile of money, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was, it's funny because this one was a one-off thingy. When we'll talk about Highlander, it spawned a whole franchisey series kind of thingy. So um, this one is just one time and mm. I, uh, it's, yeah, I loved it. And uh, I'll talk about the category when we reach that. How do you say her name? Who? The, his first wife. His actual wife. Mirren. 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 M-I-R-R-E-N. Mirren. It's M-U-R-R-O-N. Yeah. Mirren. Mirren, yeah. Mirren. 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 It's very uh, butch, isn't it? Mirren, you're coming out to play. <laughs> I wonder where they got her name from if you didn't have... It'll just be a romantic name at the time, I guess. Mm, right 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 yeah so it did pick up some awards <laughs> a few just a few yeah seeing as jan's a bit bit confused over there i'm interested to get into the rating before we get there i'll just talk about some of the the actual histories of scotland seeing as we have a scottish person on this so okay the big thing that everyone talks about this film for is the about william wallace is because in real history we know nothing about william wallace really there are barely any pieces of evidence for even his life it's mainly like his name appears on parchment for like an army or something like that as much as we know i remember from history being taught is but we know he was a mercenary so we know he was alive right so we so this is a paragraph taken from the scots scholar matt urart right so this is this applies to the, what we see in the film so 
Here's, here's this brief bit. Wallace was born into gentry of Scotland. His father lived until he was 18, and his mother lived until he was 24. He killed the sheriff of Lanark when he was 27. Apparently after the murder of his wife, he led a group of commoners in against the English in a very successful battle in Stirling in 1927, temporarily receiving the appointment as guardian Wallace's reputation as a military leader was ruined the same year of nineteen of not nineteen of twelve ninety seven, leading to his reg- resignation as a guardian. He spent several years in exile in France before being captured by the English in Glasgow. This resulted in his trial and his cruel execution. So that is a historian's assumption of what happened to Wallace, which uh, one his parents weren't murdered when he was a child. No. <clears throat> well, yeah. Whilst that's dramatized, clearly. Um, I think uh, there is something that is overlooked in the movie, but uh, um, well, obviously Wallace is a big historian, uh, historical figure here. But I think Robert the Bruce even bigger, isn't he? Yeah, Bruce is Bruce again, and this is very different from what historic history. For example, he's not Robert of Bruce, right? He's he wasn't the Earl of Bruce. He was the Earl of Carrick, right? So there's one, and. <laughs> There is no, there is, although, yeah, he went back and forth about being on the Scottish side and English side, there's no way that he was, he rode into battle with the English. I, I think, I, I can't see that. To then, but there was no, there was no way Scotland would have a king that rode into battle with the English. They only did that for a, 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 a reveal. reveal, yeah, which, um. Are you are your favorite things in it? Which I do love. Yeah. No, no, that's a different thing. I did quite like that reveal. I thought it worked very well. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's very the um, Johnny Depp uh, murder on the Orient Express. Voila! Yeah, no, because it wasn't a reveal of the actor, no, yeah. which annoys me. And the other thing about historical accuracies is the Isabella of France would be about three years old at the Battle of Falkirk. <laughs> so there's no way Wallace was having an affair with him. Ah, it was actually a pedophiliac movie, but we <laughs> missed on that. Yeah. Ah. So the whole payoff about the having sex with the the wife. You know, to breed the Scots out of Scotland and having that backfire by the end by having the heir of England become a king of be a Scottish is all for drama, for drama, for drama, for drama, for drama. Mm, right. Hmm. Even though, I mean, they do say that he did kill the first um, sheriff because apparently they killed his wife. I would believe. I would totally believe that for sure. Yeah, I just think the whole like getting married in the woods is probably not true. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. and have what and having sex by the river? Yeah, of well, course the, well, that's I mean, not uh, true. Every Scottish person loses their virginity <laughs> by the river <laughs> with the lovely James Horner music. And it's not a, it's not a river in Scotland; it's a burn. Oh, of course. Oh, you want to have sex by the burn? Yeah. <laughs> for the record, I've never had sex by a river, so I must not be Scottish. Yeah, and also I'm sure that she she was probably. It, he didn't come in time to stop her being <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was a whole different story. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For once, uh, I was on the same page. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, he, did, he did what? He didn't Excuse come me? in time. Are we, are we still talking about the river? There's, they, they were horny, and it's uh, music from James Horner, but, you know, uh, doesn't mean that. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> I was actually going to talk about rape, but if oh, you want to go great. down that road... <laughs> Oh dear. No, just that he, uh, William Wallace stopped it from happening. Yeah. It's just in the nick of time. Yeah, because like, he's the hero. That he- definitely he- didn't happen. Yeah, he's very much the hero of this film, you know? Yeah. Like, it's got to be, here comes Wallace. Yeah, exactly. Except, is played on bagpipe. That's a trumpet. That's more a trumpet, I agree. 
Mm. I mean, a bagpipe is a very hard instrument to, <laughs> to, to pretend to be. Yeah, it is, Because you've got to go... And then you start, because it's a drone. And I won't infuriate our listeners by just droning. That would be terrible. I quite like bagpipes, I do like bagpipes. I mean, but I'm Scottish, so I have to. <laughs> Even though I'm sure loads of Scottish people don't like it. Yeah, but they are quite fantastic really like i'm english i hope i'm not a horrible entitled yet well i mean the scottish people in world war one they uh, used to play the bagpipes while marching in the and fr- th- out of the trenches for the rhythm it was they got the nicknames from the germans that um the hell was it is it was hell's angels or something like that? it's not it's um hell summon but in german <laughs> it's to do with the fact that the ladies the ladies from hell because of the kilts that's it the ladies from hell yeah were the scots or the scots playing no the scots because they just saw these this force and skirts running at them obviously the kilts yeah Mm-hmm. That was done very well in the film. That running, the Scots running towards the English oh, yeah. was quite, quite mm-hmm. scary. The battle sequences are very good. I mean, I was thinking when watching it because obviously now we have like Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones, which is the pretty decent version of medieval battle now on cinema. But up until that point, I reckon Braveheart was up there. Braveheart and then Gladiator, a couple of, like in the t- early two thousands, with the whole beginning of ba- uh, Gladiator when they're f- the Romans are fighting the barbarians. Yeah, at the beginning of that, that's a very good. Um, but that's obviously Roman warfare, which is totally different. Yeah, a little bit more um, strategic, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, Scotland is running. <laughs> yeah, it's just right. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel I will introduce the. The new segments that will be in this month. Usually, I'll read a Burns poem, but today, seeing as um, we did, uh, we did a Braveheart, and the fact that there's so many historical accuracies, I thought I'd give you guys a little history lesson. Um, so to begin with, we'll talk about Bannockburn. Right. So Bannockburn is the last battle in the Independent War because they just destroyed the enemy. So essentially, what happened at Bannockburn, unlike the film, it wasn't just a spontaneous event. It was like Robert the Bruce had been in charge of that uh, fight in England for about eight years and he didn't always win, right? Which is quite true. It was very true, actually. So in Bannockburn, because it was on a bog, the English cavalry got bogged down and they gave Scotland the chance to actually be able to fight back because they also had the high ground because Bannockburn's on a massive, it's on a slope as well if you go it's very good but anyway i'm going to read you uh, every, every if you're listening from scotland you'll probably remember this story you get uh, read this poem as a child it's called uh, robert and the spider and uh, it's it's based on the fact that after robert's many defeats he was like hiding out in a cave and this is the story of how um robert retained his bravery so I'll give you a wee read of this one it's uh, the following poem about robert the bruce and the spider is from to read and tell edited by noor montgomery here's the little cc copyright thing right there so it's not mine when bruce king of scotland was getting the worst of the war he was waging with edward the first when most of his friends had been captured or slain and the sky of scotland looked very like rain when he spent his days hiding in bushes and trees getting thorns in his fingers and cuts on his knees and when nothing could lighten the gloom he was feeling he lay in a cave and looked to the ceiling he stared at the ceiling with thoughts that were black till a spidery spider came out of a crack a spidery spider all bludgeoned with f- bulging with thread, which started to spin a beam overhead. She spun the web once, but the spider thread broke. She spun the thread twice. Bruce's interest awoke. She sprung the web three times with a pluck unveiling. She spun the thread four times, but still went on failing. 
She spun the web five times. My goodness, cried Bruce. Yon spidery spider you must see it's no use. Oh, spidery spider, it's a plan as a pike. We too are like as two peas are alike. She spun the web six times. How now, cried the Scot. Don't you know you're beating? The spider did not. But calmly proceeded, as patient as ever, to start on an obstinate seventh endeavour. She hung and she swung and she swayed in the air, while Bruce for the spider could not help but stare. Then he whooped with delight and sprang to his feet, for from one beam to another the web hung complete. With hope he was filled and with courage he burned. Oh, spider, he said, what a lesson I've learned. Dear Scotland, of English invaders, I'll read it. Then Bruce sailed forth and at Bannockburn did it. Oh, it rhymes. It's a poem. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. So that's a story that I remember getting read at school about how when Bruce was hanging out in a cave, he was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then he saw a spider, like, keep trying and trying and trying. He's like, all right, I know what I've got to do. Quite good. That is Scottish kids get and the English ones, they get Arthur the Rat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do that in an English month episode. So there we go. That was a that was a little poem. You'll get different ones each episode. They'll mostly be from Burns. Um, but I thought that would be a nice one to start off with uh, to get you guys refreshed a bit of Scottish education. Mm. So with that in mind, I think we should hand over to Jan and his milding mood. So Jan, what mm-hmm. troubles are foot? Uh, I think it's um, not good, not bad, not just plain standard. It goes into a category that will be talked about again this month for another movie. A category that I will call and put some movies in there. It's the legendary category. Yeah. And this one goes in that category. In my legendary category. Please elaborate. Well, a movie that um, is so impactful that your, your life probably, just like Hamlet, would probably be different from what it is today and and that's pretty much is it wow yeah Braveheart changed your life yeah it's, yeah 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 mm. bloody hell mm. where's Mel Gibson's check <laughs> oh I don't think he needs another one so I I wondered it was going to be like legendary as bad because I know how Jan felt about um, Kingsman as well the yeah. golden circles I was like I'm a bit worried there where this one was going no no that's for political reasons no kingsman <laughs> here it's uh no it's not this no no so what what about it makes it so legendary to you you don't have to divulge personal details but is there a specific thing in it that or is it a, when is it a mainly effect to when in your life you saw it yeah probably i mean i the love story i i it, i really liked it the the epicness the the fact that that's probably the very first time I was introduced to a Scots dialect also. So, um, because I wasn't with Highlander. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's, I haven't thought about it that much, but I think, uh, that's pretty much is it. That's probably true. A lot of people would be introduced to the Scottish dialect from this film. Really? I kind of agree with you because it's got so many characters and so many storylines, but somehow it, kind of threads all together and that's kind of genius because i mean there are a few films especially last year that we saw that tried so many you know so many stories in one film and couldn't thread them through so actually it's pretty genius to be able to get all of that information in one film and it's long but it didn't feel long to me at all like it 
yeah. It's one of the, mm, I can't say that, it's not one of the last epics because then we have Lord of the Rings comes a couple of years later. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an, it's one of these epic films as in it's a long runtime and you'd be like, oh my God, it's that long. But you sit down and watch it, it, it doesn't feel like that long really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to put it in, a, in my legendary category. We'll have legendary categories. Uh, I'm going to retcon in this episode if we're introducing the legendary categories. Uh, Alien is going in my legendary ca- category already. <laughs> uh, and we'll probably co- cover Alien one day again at some point uh, if we're going to do like a legendary vault. But yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, Aliens are there. This doesn't get legendary for me. I feel as a Scottish person, it's a very good film and it highlight it. It shows, it gives a visual representation of this hero in Scotland. However, I can't put it there because I care about history too much to go like, I can't ignore these these glaring flaws. Um, be like Titanic. Even yeah, Titanic's not that great. But yeah, that's, that's, just, that's exactly true. Um, because the best part of Titanic's when the boat sinks. <laughs> Come on, let's be serious. The best part of that movie is as soon as it hits that iceberg, everyone's like, oh, here we go. This is what we paid the money for. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what does this get from me? I'd say this gets, it gets a good from me. It's a very good movie and I will watch it if it's on TV. As I've said, I've seen the beginning about six times, but I've had other things to do later on. But, you know, it's an enjoyable movie. I would highly recommend it. I'm sure a lot of people will miss this movie because they think, oh, it's Braveheart, it's just about Scotland. But it's worth seeing. Just remember that it's not accurate. So if you... If you enjoy the story and enjoy the whole of William Wallace, then come to Scotland and learn some more. Learn the real history. I'd I'd say it works. I'd I'd really good. What about you, Nick? Um, I think I'll follow Jan because um there was a really nice love story in the beginning, which somehow I completely fell in love with myself. Um, it was just so I was there was something so beautiful about it. And it wasn't, I don't think they overdid her death, which I quite liked. And it was romanticized and it wasn't historically accurate, fine. But like, I don't know. I feel like it was very, it made you feel really proud. Mm. Even though you're not Scottish, it made you feel like really like, yeah, I can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Like against all odds. Yeah. (laughs) Before we'll shut down, I will reveal a fact for me. When I do watch the end, it does like get me a wee bit. Oh yeah, it did get me. I'm like, I hadn't seen this in a long time of him being hung, drawn, and quartered, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty well done. Especially with um, his two comrades in the audience, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, but yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, Braveheart. Braveheart gets an ok eye from all three of us. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I won't butcher the Scots and do it but <laughs> i am by there, the end of the month you will yeah that said there's the, another movie uh this month about scotland which is in the same category which i'll probably be able to elaborate a bit more that yeah this one definitely <laughs> yeah yeah i agree so that's quite a good rating from all of us so there you go uh this has been the first episode of january and scottish month and of 2018 so everyone listening, thank you for an amazing 2017 and let's oh keep on going together. Yeah, thank we you. We have some uh, good things coming for you, which some um, one of them you'll see very soon because uh, we're going to test it very soon as well. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm. Thank you very much for last year. It was um, the most amazing thing that could ever happen. Like We just we didn't think it would ever get this big. Um, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, we're tiny, but in our heads, we're, we're like... It, this this is going somewhere. We we'll keep going. Yeah. For three people that started this for something to do while well, acting was difficult, it's gone amazingly well. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. And we have so many plans for you guys and listeners and followers. Mm, oh, I think uh, we can. Yeah, we plan to do it on this episode. So we're going to do it in this episode. It's plugging time. <laughs> France, Scotland, England. Go, go, podcast rangers. Go, go, podcast rangers. Mighty plugin podcast rangers. Go, go, podcast rangers. Mighty plugin podcast rangers. <laughs> so, wait, Anouk. There's no guest this week. Who uh, are we plugging? <laughs> so, Anouk. Yes. Um, what's this? Um, Lulu Raska's nothing thing. So I will be performing in a play at the Cottier's Theatre in Kelvin Bridge in Glasgow on the 9th of March. Uh, we're crowdfunding it at the moment. It's basically eight monologues that thread together about city life, depending on, you know, different stories, very contemporary, lots of sex and gore and speaking your mind and strong women and all this breakups and all the relatable, beautiful things that we all go through. So yeah, rehearsals start this week. So I'm very excited. Um, we're crowdfunding it at the moment. So if anyone feels a little bit generous, it's all on, um, we'll just share giving, it. Justgiving.com. Justgiving.com. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, we'll share it again. And it's um, Stuff Puffin Productions. That'll, that's the production company. So, um, yeah, that that's that's me plugging. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you do give money for a Nook's podcast, uh, not podcast, for a Nook's uh, production, why don't you stick on your comment, uh, good, bad, just plain standards, so you let them know that we sent you there. I think that'd be quite cool. And then see how many people... Um, yeah, and maybe we'll give you a gift of something. Oh, maybe. We'll figure yeah. something out. Yeah, yeah, generous, generous. Shout out from the podcast from everyone that donates, very much. That's that's essential, no matter how much you donate. Yeah, you've got some rewards. and sure Like, like yeah. any uh, crowdfunding, really. Um, I've I've watched it because I started to donate something uh, out of principle because you were in it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I checked what it was and I completed a bit and... It's actually, it's quite interesting because it's quite experimental. So yeah, you've got those eight monologues, but they can be performed and interrupted and it's all happening. It's kind of a different kind of thingy. Yeah, um, I actually have no idea how it will look because basically in the um, the section before the play starts it says that you can chop and change where monologues go you can like stop halfway through a monologue and bring something in you can thread stories that weren't supposed to be together um, the only thing is we'll keep the last monologue as the last monologue because it kind of ties everything together but and it's also because it's their debut performance uh, actually um, being a production company um it's kind of collaborative so i'll have a little bit of a say with the directorial and um choreography of it so that'll be interesting but obviously as i haven't started rehearsals that's kind of all i can say i actually have no idea about how, what it will look like so we'll, ha we'll have little updates at the end of episodes that have an extra rehearsed when we record them called uh road to nowhere uh -huh. So Anouk can keep the listeners abreast of what she's doing with exactly. her production. Of and course. I'm sure the campaign page will stay open. Even though it says it ends in eight days, I'm pretty sure it will stay open until the actual show goes on in March or some there'll be some version of it somewhere. Uh, yeah, probably. Most probably. likely. And uh, the, the, the playwright, Lulu Raska, she's like very young, like 
like 17 or something. I don't, yeah, yeah, I, she's I, very young. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's and great. She's a woman. Yeah, Yay! yeah. <laughs> support your female creators. everything everything <laughs> support your female everything yeah so yes that's very exciting awesome awesome no. i think uh well we're good who have we been uh we've been well i was jan anuk and adam and bye bye goodbye for now <laughs> bye bye bye, bye.